Right, we're going to carry on with our theme on uh, learning on mission, about mission, being a mission partner. And today we're going to learn about being a disciple as we do mission together and what it means to follow Jesus, uh, be his disciples, and outwork mission together. So if you've got your Bible or your phone, you can turn to Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, and I will want a volunteer to read uh, once we get there. So Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, well-known verse, the Great Commission at the end of Matthew, where Jesus said, all authority is given me, go make disciples. So we learn straight away that discipleship isn't just a one-off event. It's not an overnight thing. It's a process. Uh, and it's all about how we are taught to obey and, and to outwork that uh, in our lives um, with Jesus. And this kind of framed how he worked with the disciples uh, in his life and ministry. If we can turn to Matthew 10, verse 5 to 10, that'd be great. And again, just in front of a volunteer. Thank you, Steve, for reading the last one. So Matthew 10, verse 5 to 10. If anyone would like to volunteer to read that, that'd be great. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any, any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Um, freely you've received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his Thanks, Elliot. That's brilliant. So Jesus, again, sending out the, uh, the 12, uh, giving them a commission about what they need to do. Um, and we see that as he was spending time with the disciples, he wanted them to, to take the gospel and his love and his message to the world around them. But he had some quite clear things that he wanted to, to say to them. But the thing with the disciples was, as, and as we look at the pages of the scripture, they didn't always get it right, did they? The disciples had some ups and downs in what they did. Um, but Jesus kind of helped them along that journey. And he helped them to learn, learn on the job. You know, they learned as they were doing it. They made mistakes. They learned from that. Uh, and helped ultimately to establish um, the early church. So I think ultimately did a really good job um, in the power um, of the Holy Spirit. But I always want to pose a question before we get into the main part of today is, how do you think you best learn? In life, in the church, in family, in your community? Can you think of some good examples of when you've learned something new in that context? So think back to when you've learned something new, hopefully... We learn something new every day. Um, I learned a lot about Europe last night, watching Eurovision. <laughs> All the sights and sounds of the 26 countries taking place. It was really good. Um, learned about their languages. But yeah, can you think of a good example of when you've learned something and how did you learn it? Did you learn it by 
somebody teaching you? Did you learn by reading it? Did you learn by somebody walking alongside you? Did you learn by watching somebody do something like, actually, I could do that? I might pick on you if you don't. Anybody want to volunteer a suggestion? Sometimes in our work, uh, family, we learn things by, by watching, by doing. It's not often that we fully learn something just by doing this, is it? Um, I think we can learn things and be encouraged and inspired in this context, but I think we fully learn when we're doing the work. And that's what Jesus did with his disciples. He taught them about mission by sharing his heart, sharing what the Father was saying, but then he got them to do it, did it with them, um, and they learned a lot along the way. When I was growing up, I had a paper round. And I remember the guy at the post office taking me around to show me where the houses were and where the dogs were and where how, to, how to put newspapers through letterboxes. And I was like, this is a bit easy, isn't it? It's like, I was, and I was a little bit cocky when I was 13, 14, uh, as teenagers can be. You know, not, not, no, no teenagers in the room are like that here, but... When I was 13 or 14, I was a little bit cocky. And it was like, well, you, you, you need to make sure you, you, know, you put it through properly. Don't leave it hanging out because we can steal it. Um, and if you hear a dog running, you need to not put your fingers through because you could have your fingers taken off. Um, and I did learn quite a lot about pushing things through letterboxes, which I still do a lot to this day. Um, so it's helped me on my journey. Um, but I did learn by actually just watching that person do it. And I think we see in the Bible that that's a really important thing. So Matthew 10, verse 5 to 10, in the message, we just read that, um, I think that was NIV, that I think Elliot read it in, but in the message, in Matthew 10, verse 5 to 10, it says this, Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers, and don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood, tell them that the kingdom is here, bring health to the sick, Raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. You've been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. And all you need to keep going is three meals a day, travel light. Um, and I love the way that the message kind of just makes it really basic, really simple, but really powerful about going to the lost people right here in the neighborhood and saying that we're the equipment, we're all you need the message that we carry and what Jesus has done for us. Uh, and when it's put like that, it does seem really simple. So we've probably all sat and listened to teachers in our time at school, at college, university, and, you know, seeing how we should uh, do things, learn things. I remember at university sat in a lecture hall full of 300 students, some half asleep, some fully asleep, actually, and wondered how much learning was going on in that three-hour lecture about Roman art and architecture. But to this day, I can remember that lecture, so I must have learned something. So I think we can establish today that we learn best when we learn on the job, when we learn when we're doing things. Um, teachers who get alongside pupils and walk and talk them through what needs to be done are often the teachers and the people that we remember in our lives who patiently sit with us, give us feedback, help and show us how to improve in any area of our learning and education. Hopefully we can remember that from family members, whether it's our father, our mother, a grandparent, uh, auntie or uncle, brother or sister who, who've done that with us. I remember my dad doing this with me when I was growing up. My dad was very keen to help me to learn how to be practical, DIY, do stuff. I'm not sure it worked fully, but I remember making a gate with him once 
And he talked me through in a long detail about all the different stages. You have to measure up the gap. You have to go off the DIY store, buy the wood, the screws, the hinges, cut it up, make the gate, paint it so it didn't rot in the Bradford rain and wet weather. Um, and it was quite a, a long project over a few weekends. And to be honest, I got a bit bored with it, to be honest, about making this, this gate. Um, but I remember that gate being there, um, and my mum, was, mum loved this gate because the gate was really bad before, like really rotten, and the cat used to get into the back garden and poo all over where like, the nice flowers were. But you got the gate in, and it, and it stopped. I think it stopped the cat for some reason. Um, so I was thinking back to that this week and how I learned a lot just by watching my dad do it, being patient with me, helping me to be practical. Um, and we do learn from people like that in our lives, whether it's somebody at work, through our grandma on the stuffing, through a teacher at school. But ultimately, we know that Jesus is the greatest teacher. In anything that we see in the Bible, Jesus is the greatest. He's our example. Um, and he taught the disciples about the Great Commission and what to do. Uh, and we see in the, in, the, in the Bible, him teaching disciples that mission about how to do it as they went along. So he taught them as they traveled. We see them going along the way, and something happens along the journey. Somebody cries out from the side of the path. They meet somebody. Something happens, and Jesus then just uses that as a way of telling the disciples a parable. When they were feeding the crowds, when, the, when they were going through the villages, when they were on a boat, um, when they were eating in homes, when they were um, you know, going into a packed house, when people were washing Jesus' disciple, Jesus's feet, he taught the disciples about what it was to sacrifice. So in the, in the middle of everyday lives, Jesus taught them. He didn't take the disciples off to Bible college. Not that there's anything wrong with Bible college. I've been to Bible college. But he kind of did it in the middle of them journeying along. He taught about being a shepherd when they were near the sheep and in the field. So the context really shaped how he taught them. He taught about treasures and possessions and money when they were in the city. He taught about dealing with storms when they were on a boat. So he really got the context about what the disciples were thinking and about how they could learn and how they could be on mission together. So in this series, we're learning about mission. And maybe the best way for us all to learn about mission is to do it together. And I hope we can all find ways to explore that in the coming weeks and months and years as a community. Because we learn about mission throughout our lives, whether we've been a Christian for two weeks, two years, 20 years, longer, I think I've been a Christian now for about 38 years, which is, makes me feel very old. Um, and I can still remember the day I got baptized. I can still remember praying. I can still remember that day. Um, but I hope I'm still learning about what it is to grow as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus. And we'll still learn that all our lives. So how do we learn our mission? We have to acknowledge that we're still learning. And I think that's a really good point to be to learn, you've got to acknowledge that you need to learn. The people who say, I've got it sorted, I don't need to learn that, I've got it sussed, that can be a really dangerous, arrogant place in life, can't it? So learning on the job is also a really effective way of learning. Um, I think there's so much we can learn by doing, by watching others, by getting alongside them. Um, we're called to make disciples. In Matthew 28, verse 18, 20, it says, go and make disciples. Um, Making something, as I found with the gate, it takes time, it takes patience, it takes a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. So making disciples, learning about mission, it is a process. 
But sometimes when we think about mission, we think, well, we need to have lots of equipment, money, vast financial resource. But Jesus said, you don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. And the message says, don't go on some vast fundraising campaign. Um, now, obviously, we do need resources for certain things we want to do. Um, if we want to run homes for the homeless, like as we do with Homes of Hope, we need money to do that because homes do cost money generally. Um, but ultimately, the most powerful thing we have is, is us, our lives, our walking testimony, our learning, our discipleship. And that the world can see around us that we haven't got it all sorted. We're still learning. But as we learn, we want to share that love and life with others around us. And I think that's really authentic. And the other thing that Jesus said, he says he wants us to live generously. So sometimes when we're learning, we can kind of think, actually, I'm just going to hold this all to myself till I get sorted. So I'm going to wait till I've done the belonging course or been to Bible college or done this or done that before I start to share that with others. And actually, I think Jesus knew with the disciples that actually their, their rawness, their vulnerability, their passion, their zeal was actually a really attractive thing. And he kind of like let them loose at quite a young age. We don't fully know the ages of all the disciples, but commentators say that a lot of the disciples were, were teenagers. They were older teenagers, maybe doing apprenticeships, learning about being a fisherman. Um, so they were kind of like, you know, Joel, Daniel and Amy's age when they were set out into the world to start the early church, which I think is amazing. And in kind of all that rawness and passion and enthusiasm, the, the early church was started. Um, and we see that it didn't always get it right, but we saw, you know, 3,000 people saved, you know, at Pentecost. We saw, you know, the church, you know, radically growing as they lived out their lives. So I think when Jesus says, live generously, share your lives, basically saying, don't wait till you think you've got it all together. Freely you've received, freely give. And I believe we've all received something that we can pass on to others, but we all want to keep receiving. You know, we all know we need to keep being full of what God has done in our lives. I'm always impacted what it means to live a generous life, freely living our lives with our time, our talents, and our treasures. We are called uh, to be a generous people. And I really see in this community a really generous community I think it's fantastic. We've, we've, we've talked about it a lot, how everybody serves, how we open our homes to one another, how we offer food to one another. We live generous and open lives. Uh, and I think it's fantastic. So I want to encourage us all in that. And it's a key part of loving one another and the world seeing that we are Christ's disciples. In John 13, verse 35, it says, in the way that you love one another, the world will see that you are my disciples. Um, and being generous in how we do that is really important as people look after our children and teach them right now as we are here. They're living generously, um, and I believe that's a really powerful message to the world around us. Because we do have something really good to share. The gospel is really good news to those who are hurting, to those who are sick, and to those who are in need. We have all received of that good news of the gospel. We've received his love, his salvation, his healing, and we, on and we receive that in an ongoing way. Um, but we do have something good to share. Uh, and it's been great as people have come amongst us. Uh, I hope they've seen that we're, we do have something to share. We've not got it all together. We're, we're all still learning. We're a community on that journey. But we want to take people um, along with us. 
And that passage in Matthew 10, verse 5 to 10, where it talks about not traveling off to some far-off place to convert unbelievers, go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. That was a really powerful verse for Rachel and I before we had kids many years ago when we were reaching out into Withington, an old moat where, where we first got married. Um, and that verse was really key for us about where we still live now, where we sent our kids to school, where I'm a counselor. It was all about being in that community, that neighborhood, because we knew there was a lot of lost, confused people there that needed the love of God. Um, sometimes when we think about the word mission, we think about those far off places and reaching people who have never heard of Jesus. And there is a really, really important part for that in the global mission of the church. And, you know, people that do that and, and those of us who have been involved in that, you know, I've been to Poland, other places on mission. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And it is a key part of our great commission. But also the people that we meet every day on our street, in our workplace, they're sometimes as lost and as confused as people who've never heard the gospel in parts of the world. So we need both. Um, and that was that's really resonated with me, that actually we don't have to wait to go on mission once a year when we can do it every day with the people that we meet. And all of us will meet somebody who is lost or confused or needs Jesus every day. I really believe that. Um, whether it's our work colleagues, people in our own families, our children, our neighbors, the person at the bus, the person that we sit with in the office, the children that we teach, uh, a family member, um, you know, those lost, confused people are right here in our neighborhoods and our communities. And Jesus says, tell them that the kingdom is here. So when you tell them that the kingdom is here, you're basically saying, I'm here. You know, I'm a walking demonstration of the kingdom. Um, I've not got it all together. I'm still learning, but I've received something of the gospel. I want to share that with you. So whether that's a word of encouragement, a word of prayer, um, a word of love, um, a word of just friendship and support, you know, that lost, confused aspect is something that is there all around us. And one of the things that Jesus said, he said, touch the untouchables. Uh, and in the context of the New Testament, that could have had many different references. Um, there were certain people that you weren't meant to talk to or touch. Men weren't really meant to talk to women that much. Um, if you had an infectious disease like leprosy and in the time of the bible leprosy was a really highly contagious disease not so much now but it was like don't touch them if you touch them you kind of you're unclean don't touch them you know don't go near them don't talk to them when jesus spoke to the woman at the well you know he shouldn't really been doing that because he was a man she was a woman they were from different backgrounds um you know she had things in her life that weren't that great and it was like in all the rules of the world he shouldn't have done it but Jesus said, touch the untouchables, kind of go to the people who, who need that. Um, and I think there's something that we can see that in our lives, we should reach out particularly to everyone, but especially those who the world sees as untouchable, maybe those who are homeless, maybe those seeking asylum that get vilified you know, so much by certain parts of the press, those who have addictions, those marginalized groups that get a lot of stick, maybe we can tell them, a different story, that we can touch them, uh, and sometimes that can be physically giving them a hug, but just talking to them, offering them love and support and care, and I know many of us are already doing that, I just want to encourage you in that, that's a key part of mission, and how we learn, and how we can do that better, and support each other um, in that. 
So I'm just going to pray in a moment. But before I do that, I'd like you just to just discuss a couple of questions as we close. And the first one is, who are the lost, confused people you can think of in your neighborhood? Is that actual neighbors? Is it family members, people you work with, people you meet at a community group? Can you think of somebody? You don't have to say it out loud, but just maybe think about who are those lost people, those confused people right now in your neighborhood. And then I'd like to just, just to discuss this. How can we then encourage and foster together a culture of learning and mission in our own community? How do we teach one another? How do we learn? How do we be open to grow and develop in this whole area in our church community? So if you could just gather around your tables and discuss either of those questions. Um, and then I'll bring us back together to close in prayer in a couple of minutes. Thank you. Right. We will, sorry to interrupt. We will uh, continue those conversations, keep them going. Um, but what I'll do is I'm just going to read from Luke 10 before we pray to finish with. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can, yeah, keep discussing this and praying for each other as we go on this mission and learn together. So Jesus said in Luke 10, verse 1, he says, After the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go, he told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest there to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandal and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of heaven has come near to you. And I suppose just as we close this part of our meeting, just want to pray that Whoever we meet this week, whether that's somebody uh, in your family, community, uh, workplace, that they see the kingdom at work in us, in all its kind of ups and downs, in all the learning that we're doing. We've, none of us have got it together, but they see some aspect of the kingdom. Um, and as we walk into their lives, into their world, they see Jesus in us. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for this community. Thank you that we're a learning community. Thank you that we're learning about mission together. And that we want to learn about that as we do it. We all know we learn best often when we learn on the job. As we learn from our mistakes, we learn from one another. We learn from you, ultimately, Jesus, our greatest teacher. Um, so pray you would help us, young and old, just to continue on that journey. To encourage one another. And that the world would see in us that we are your disciples by the way we love one another. And by the way we share our lives generously. By the way we offer that word of encouragement that prayer, um, that, you know, reaching out to those who are lonely and confused in our neighborhoods. Just thank you for this amazing community in South Manchester. And just pray that bless them and be with them this week. I pray for those in the kids' work and those who can't be here today, just that we'd all continue on that journey together of love and life and taking your kingdom to the world around us. Amen. Thank you. I think there's a couple of notices in there. I do all right. Yeah, there was a couple of notices that we missed about giving. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I think we've got to book it, haven't we? So. And if anyone needs, 
you know, help financially, do talk to Josh and Shara because I wouldn't want anyone to miss out. Praise God. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you.